Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I'm here with my longtime friend and one of the most important guys that you never actually get to meet in our industry, Mr. Mark Reinhardt, who is the solutions architect for Concepts to Code, an organization focused on payment portals, which is why I wanted to have a discussion with him today. Actually, payment portals would be an understatement for what you do. I would say more consumer interaction portals online. Um, but I, today I wanted to talk a little bit about the evolution of the types of portals that collection agencies and debt buyers and creditors use to communicate and to, um, to work with consumers uh, that are past due on their debt. So, Mark, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me today. Thanks for having me. Good Absolutely. You. you know, for anybody who hasn't been as lucky as me to become your friend over the past couple of years, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Yeah, absolutely. I am by far, uh, no doubt, a computer nerd at heart. And uh, I've always been in computer and software business, um, doing all sorts of consulting. I worked for big companies, small companies, whatever. Um, but over time, I just realized that I loved going into companies and solving problems. I became a software consultant. And uh, the company that I that I formed at the time, it was just a name, was Concepts to Code. And for 10 years, I did consulting everywhere from nuclear power plants to uh, places roasting coffee to, uh, you know, uh, fire departments. And then one day, somehow I ended up in a collection agency and uh, started doing software there. And one of the things I realized in collections, which is still sort of the case, is the industry is way behind uh, from from a technology perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, over the past probably five, 10 years, we've, we've come much, much closer uh, to, to catching up with the rest of the world. But due to regulations and just legacy systems and all sorts of stuff, I realized there was a lot to be done So, um, or, or that they were missing out of. And so I, I saw that as a challenge. Um, and just like everyone else who ends up in collections, you're not quite sure how you got here. It's not what you set out to do. <laughs> but it really is a specialized interest, industry. And uh, I, I sort of became specialized in it, decided to buckle down and focus uh, and start building a company. And I don't know how many years ago that was, but it went from me being a software consultant all over the place to dropping all our external customers and just, uh, or any customers that over time that were not in the software or in the collection space and uh, specialized in and built a product. And uh, we've been selling that product and that product's been expanding ever since. Well, I think you're, uh, you definitely fall onto the path of those of us who did not set out to be in the collection industry and found our way here. And to be honest, that's my favorite part of this entire uh, podcast series is getting to hear everybody's kind of backstory. Um, but it also sets the stage for our conversation today. So as we talk about payment portals and we talk about interacting with consumers online and how that's evolved over time, can you tell everybody a little bit about Concepts to Code and specifically what it is that you guys are providing to the collections industry? Sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it all started out sort of the one of the first things we built was uh, what used to be back then electronic documents where it was a big cost savings like mm -hmm. mailing. There's a lot less mailing going on these days. We all know sure. it. But many, many years ago, that was just the way it went. You mailed stuff out. And we were sort of one of the first, at least in, in our area, to start offering consumers the ability to get those, you know, posted check reminders, things like that, and save companies money. Um, and, and that's that's sort of where it started. Obviously, it evolved into a payment portal. 
portal. And now, you know, every every company out there has some sort of payment portal. But we've been merging those things and then working on emails and textings and things like that and really creating like the customer experience and the, and uh, with obviously the, the main objective in debt collection, which is to collect more payments. Mm-hmm. And we focus strictly on collecting more payments online, driving more people online. And all that comes from making the consumer experience uh, easier to use online. And then also um, with the electronic delivery of, which has now turned less in, from documents and more into just emails. But that evolution took time. It used to be everyone was sending PDFs as an attachment. And uh, now now we're much more comfortable. And I, and I like seeing that evolution. It's like everyone else has been sending emails for so long and sending texts for so long. But this industry, while most of us are there, there's still some people who aren't doing one or the other. And uh, it's nice to be kind of pushing and helping different different agencies get to that point. Well, it sounds like you have been along on the ride for the evolution of online consumer interactions. And so I know you and I have always kind of come at this from two different angles and mostly because we were providing two different solutions where, you know, my team at at Branding Arc has been focused on kind of the website experience and driving people to the portals. And then you're actually doing that consumer level interaction between the agency law firm or creditor and the, uh, and the consumer themselves, which I find to be interesting. Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about what that evolution has looked like. I know back in 2011, I believe when I started building websites, you know, all we would see from a payments perspective was a single static page that would accept payments that was being hosted by whoever their payment provider was, right? And that was pretty much the extent of how they were interacting with the consumers through their website. Well, now it's come into something very, very different. Let's talk to me a little bit about what your experience has been like as that evolution from the static page to these more dynamic experiences um, that we see today between consumers and agencies. Well, it's funny that you say that sort of static page because we still see that when we're onboarding new customers all the time. Customers are coming to us because they're still there. And you Mm -hmm. said, you know, 2011 or whatever it is, that evolution from a static page to an actual portal is essentially what we take a customer through in a matter of weeks because they go from one to the other. And oftentimes, you know, it's it's just a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the experience is nothing new. We did not invent portals. We did not invent uh, payments. We do it for every other industry in, in, in the world. You know, you pay your uh, cell phone bill. You go into your portal. You see your account. If you have a family plan, you see multiple accounts. Um, you go to pay your credit card, maybe your, your bank account. It's like you go into a consumer portal. Um, and that's just totally normal, which is a benefit to us. We don't have to train people what a portal is. We just say, this is, you know, the consumers are used to having a portal. They should be able to see their account balance, their previous payments, especially in the, you know, debt collection world. There's a lot of people who are, they're, they're struggling to get by, they're, they're to pay all their debts. They're worried about when their next payment is going to uh, clear give them that information. And that's what a portal does. They can see when their, when their uh, payment is, is ready to be posted. Um, they can pick and choose and have some flexibility in the payments they make. And more importantly than anything else, they don't need to speak to anyone. You know, We're not working against the collector. We like to think we're working with the collector. 
uh, give people that opportunity to, to make their payment, which is the end goal, but also provide them all the information that gives them comfort in making that payment. Mm. If you have validation documents, I'll put them on the portal. They can log in, they can see them, and you collect so much data when that happens. You know, the agency can see who's logging in, who's looking at documents, who's viewing their account. You can track how long they're, they're online. Um, and you can strategize around that. So the evolution of the portal is 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 extreme. Mm. <laughs> um, it's gone from just a, a simple payment where we, we often call it blind pay, where you get to a website and it just says, put in your credit card and make a payment. You're <laughs> blindly making a payment. Um, Fair. I don't feel like there's many other industries where, where that would be considered like acceptable, but we, you know, it's still there because it kind of comes with your payment processor. The beauty is your payment processor is nothing that needs to be shifted when you add a payment portal. It's mm. just kind of a wrapper around it, providing so much more information. Well, I think what we saw was consumers were looking for the extension of the relationship they had with the bank into the collection space. And so when they would go, like it's a, a almost a, a trust factor. Right. Like when the consumer has had all of this online interaction with a particular bank, right? Even now that we have all of these neo banks that don't have physical brick and mortar locations. And so that online interaction, I mean, I avoid walking into the bank like at all cost. If it's something that I can do online and not wait in a queue for an hour, like that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the consumers have always kind of been looking for that opportunity to interact um, with the agencies in that post charge off world um, through similar channels. And I think it makes an agency look more professional, more trusted when that kind of same experience can happen across both worlds. I mean, no doubt. And it, again, it's the same for anything. You know, would you go to a cell phone provider that, that wouldn't supply you your balance online? You had to go in the store to see what your balance is, or you had to, you know, or, or see when your next payment was due. Like you wouldn't interact with these companies. Now, what's different in the world of collections is, is um, it's very unique to collections because no one signed up with your collection agency. They ended up there. But they've often ended up in multiple collection agencies mm -hmm. and having portals and an inner friendly interface and not requiring people to talk to, to someone to get their information, uh, to make a payment, whatever it is, you're providing the best experience for that person. You know, if, if you're if you owe a balance that you haven't paid in six months or longer or whatever it is, it's it's not something that you're thrilled to talk about. You know, it's not a comfortable conversation by any means. Um, but you do hope that it, there are people who want to resolve it. You know, if, if people have no intent of resolving it, which some consumers don't, mm -hmm. um, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it anyway. But for those who have an intent to pay, make it as easy and friendly and non-confrontational as possible, and just awkward conversations on a phone, such as you know. I can't tell you what this communication's about until you tell me your date of birth and your last name and your mother's last name. Like, we're, we're all required to do it because it's the law um, to validate people, but it's extremely awkward and it wouldn't fly in any other industry. So those are, those are the confines that have sort of kept collections and technology a little bit behind. It's because of these weird... Uh, regulations that you, it wouldn't really apply to any other industry. Mm. So what we do, and not just we, but sort of all the technology companies is accept that that is the world we live in. There are constraints, 
but it's much more comfortable to validate your identity on a website uh, than it is just giving your information to someone who called you. So it's, I mean, just the consumer validation is a big part of it. Um, people feel more comfortable. You don't have a, I don't know any collection agency that has agents working at 2 a.m. But everyone that we work with can obviously take payments at 2 a.m. There's just literally no downside to it. Um, and that is, you know, that's when some people want to make payments. That's who cares? <laughs> well, it also goes back to the compliance. Like you had mentioned when the consumer and the collector are interacting directly. One, the consumer probably doesn't want to be having that interaction if they can avoid it. But every one of those interactions is an opportunity for a payment, but it's also an opportunity for a compliance violation or a perceived yes. compliance violation, right? And I think the perception is more important than the reality in, in most courts. Um, so, you know, when we look at it, it's like, if I can get the consumer to go online, if I can get the consumer to interact through a way that provides me with additional protections and safety, you know, my portal's not gonna make a mistake, but my collector might. And so if I have that opportunity and the consumer prefers it, like why not enable them to interact that way? And that comes down to, I know it's been a challenge for debt buyers in the past when a, um, a passive debt buyer, for example, has accounts that are placed out with all these different agencies, a consumer reaches out to them or goes to their website and a lot of them are not pointing them directly to those agencies through that digital format. And therefore someone has to manually answer these calls and, and kind of reroute these people out to those individual agencies. Is that a challenge or a problem that you've kind of experienced through you know, your side of the world? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I imagine every collection agency experiences that, you know, we're on the technology side, so it's a little different from us, mm. but for sure, people are reaching out to you and they're asking, you know, why can't I make a payment on the account? It's because the account was recalled yesterday. You know, it's, it, it just happens, it happens, you know? Mm. Um, and, but the good thing again about a portal is you can relay that information to, to them. You can still authenticate that person, you have a minimal amount of information you can disclose to them, and you can simply simply present that to them. Your account is no longer with us; it's been recalled by the client. Um, here are some things that you can do about it. Whether it's you know contact us, request that we bring it back, contact the client, see where it's at, contact whatever. Um, you can still capture that. You can still work with that. So I think one thing that's often not always thought about as much from a payment portal is it's also a communications portal. Mm -hmm. People are reaching out to you, uh, to your agency. You know, they may just fill out a, a quick form like, you know, what, why do you keep calling me? Like that's, that's a lead in our world. <laughs> that's someone who took the time to call you back uh, or, or go to your website or something like that. They you may or may not establish communications with them, but that's something worth following up on. And that person responded that they were getting calls and they're asking you, they went and they went to a computer or their phone and asked you online electronically why you're calling them. That means that is their preferred method of communications. That is so, so important. It's not always about payments. I mean, that's, that's kind of the end goal, but it's about establishing more communications with your consumers through emails, through literally just simple forms people can fill out. You know, one of the things we also have is uh, bankruptcy forms, very specific to uh, collection portals, because what value is your collector gathering information from a consumer about bankruptcy? You know, that means you're not going to get any money off of that of that consumer, but your agent needs to collect it so that you can submit it back to your client. 
Portal can do all of that and it doesn't take up any collector time. So it's sort of an extension back to the beginning of our conversations. What are portals for? And they're for communications, collecting payments, but also saving your agent's time. Mundane tasks like filling out bankruptcy forms um, can be done by the consumer at 2 a.m. if they want, but more importantly, not taking up time and time from a collector who doesn't want to work with them because they're not making any money off of it. And then back to what you said, it all comes back to compliance. That form collecting data is not going to make a mistake. It's going to force them to fill in each field that needs to be filled in. It's not going to you know, it's not going to say anything it wasn't scripted to say. And it's simple. I mean, it, it's it really is. It really is just a front end for your for your agency. Which I am obviously a huge proponent of. But let me ask you this, right? Um, as we kind of wrap up our time here, can you tell me a little bit about what you see the future looking like? Like what's what kind of features, functions should people be looking at over the next 12 to 18 months? Well, I think the trend is clear. Uh, there's less people willing to, to do anything on the phone. Most people want to do it from from essentially their their cell phone. We, we say the word computer. We should almost replace that exclusively with the cell phone. Like that's where the traffic is coming from. The great thing about that is we can track it all. We know what's happening. Um, and then the buzzwords. I mean, the buzzwords in every industry right now is, is AI and you know um, and the chatbots and and things like that. So. That is one where if anyone can tell you where that's going to be in a year, uh, who, who knows? Like we all know massive change is coming. I personally will totally admit I do not know how much we're going to change in the next 12 months. I'm excited about it, a little fearful of it, um, but there's going to be radical change. And there's no doubt that, that at bare minimum, the formation of new like just strategy models will be very valuable from from UI and you know some of that's some of that's there now um, again you got to be careful what you do because there's sensitive data and things like that so there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of thought as to how do we integrate the UI but still be compliant and not expose any of our, our consumer data um, and, and no doubt it's going to be there but by and large, there's going to be less phone calls. That, that's that been on the trend forever. Texting is a little bit all over the place. And emailing is, is you know, just going up and up and up as far as we can tell. But one way or another, people communicating through their phones to the agency is going to be happening more and more and more. And that trend, the trend is, you know, going up and up and up. And I don't have any reason to think that's going to change. Well, I, I can definitely see the same changes when it comes to mobile traffic. There was an increase of mobile traffic that was fairly significant, let's say between 2010 and 2020. There was a massive spike in 2020. That spike has continued. I've seen agencies that are upwards of 70% mobile traffic going to their website now. And I can only imagine that those um, fact, those figures are going to ring true through the portal side as well, which I, I find to be very interesting, but curious to see where things continue to evolve from an AI perspective. Uh, Mark, I can't thank you enough for coming on and having this chat with me today. I know that you spend so much time living in that world of helping those agencies to communicate with consumers online and helping to develop and build out that experience solution and your insights are always greatly appreciated. Yeah, I appreciate you having us on. It's a good topic. I could probably talk for hours, but I'm positive no one wants to listen for that long. But uh, <laughs> happy to have the next conversation with you over a beer at one of the conferences where I see you.
Very much looking forward to that. For those of you that are watching, if you have additional questions you'd like to ask on this topic, I'm sure that Mark and I'd be happy to respond to those here on LinkedIn and YouTube. If you have additional questions that you'd like to ask, you can leave those in the comments below as well or additional topics that you'd like to see us cover. Hopefully I can get Mark to come back on again in the future and help me continue to create great content for a great industry. But until the next time I get to see you at a conference, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. your time. All right. Thanks. Great time. Absolutely. And for those of you that are watching, we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks.